Okay, so welcome to a new episode of the MBSE podcast. Today we are talking about automated reasoning. That's a very exciting topic. So how can I make sure that my model is correct? Um, as more and more projects use SysML not only for well structured painting, uh, which is fundamentally not bad, but also for real modeling, uh, the question of the correctness of the model arises more and more often. So the issue is intensified by the use of AI, uh, which likes to hallucinate a bit. So we have the ideal guest here for these topics. It's Jamie Smith from the company Imontra, and he deals precisely with these topics. So, But Jamie is the best person to introduce himself. So welcome, Jamie. I'm happy to have you here in our podcast. So please introduce yourself. Yeah. Hi, Christian. Hi, Tim. Thanks for having me. I am really excited to be here. So a little bit about my background. I spent the bulk of my 25-year career helping small design teams design advanced machines, things like laser eye surgery machines, autonomous vehicles, as well as predictive maintenance machines. And now I'm currently the head of products for safety critical industries at Amandra. Okay, great. Thanks for this short introduction. But Jamie, to be honest, before I knew you, I did not hear from Imandra at all. So please tell us a little bit more about Imandra. Yeah, absolutely. Imandra is a, a software company that provides software as a surface of automated reasoning. Our tools and technology provides uh, the, the ability to analyze complex software systems, do things like constraint solving, formal verification, rule synthesis, prove equivalence between two systems, we can synthesize test, case, test cases for complex software systems. And we're used both in safety critical industries like smart machines, as well as in the financial industries by large banks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I saw some presentations from Imontra and they were mainly about uh, the financial industries. So I was a bit surprised when I first met you and you were interested in system LV2 so, uh, or in system in general. So why are you start working with SysML? Yeah, my first exposure to SysML was back in 2008 when I was still with National Instruments. And I learned a great deal about SysML and many of our customers were using SysML with our controls equipment and our test equipment. But when we learned about SysML v2, we got extremely excited about what's possible with a modeling language built on formal semantics. At Amandra, we can take those formal semantics and use them to convert them into our environment to prove properties of a SysML v2 model. So for the past wow, six, six to nine months, you know, I've been building SysML v2 models using the textual notation and then uh, manually converting them into IML to prove properties around these models. And I'm really excited about what that, uh, the potential that we see here. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, maybe not everybody is an expert in formal semantics and formal verification. Uh, maybe you can explain that a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. So formal verification or formal methods is the process of using a formal specification and formal semantics to mathematically prove a property about a software system. Basically prove that some aspect of a software system always holds as true or always holds as false. 
And to say it another way is we could take a constraint and mathematically prove for every relevant variable, every relevant value of those variables, that something is always true, and then provide a mathematical proof that could go through an external proof checker. And that could be proving the behavior of the system, or maybe that some constraint, mathematical constraint, always holds true in SysML, or really any type of uh, a software constraint in any type of system. Mm -hmm. So uh, formal verification, well, that's, it's, it's a quite important topic and it's, but it's very sophisticated. And remember when I was at the university, uh, we also did formal verification and it was, wow. <laughs> uh, uh, and if I open papers, uh, they are really, really hard to read. So it's, it's hard stuff, Well, it's pure mathematics. Um, and um, how can we use now formal verifications, formal semantics as a, well, let me say as a normal engineer who's yeah. not uh, so uh, used to it, like mathematics. Yeah, you know, I think, Tim, that's a really good point to raise because many people have an impression of formal methods and formal verification that's grounded in the past. And over the last 20 years, researchers and developers have been trying to figure out how do we take the techniques that have been built and apply them to general purpose software? And then what type of tooling and automation needs to be in place such that people that have the skills to do application level software can also perform formal verification. It's sort of an API level. And in some industries, we can build tooling on top of that to make certain types of formal methods and formal verification trivial. So where we see this going is for SysML v2, a systems engineer using SysML v2 in a model-based systems engineering environment would be able to leverage a modern technology in the background to formally verify a constraint or a property of their system. And if they chose to go deeper and learn the technology and the language, yeah, they could even do more. But we want to put this power in the hands of as many people as possible. And the way to do that is to make it easy to use in the tools that they're already using. Okay, but, mm -hmm. but I still must I, I still must define the model. So for example, if you take the SysML v2 example, I still must define the SysML v2 model. And I still must define the constraints, but I can use the well, the, the um, expression language that is used in SysML v2, which is already not so easy, but it's uh, it's not like uh, mathematics stuff. So uh, that's then sufficient. So there's no need for me to to know all the, the detailed stuff or this formal stuff. So that's right. That's right. That's right. And that's, okay. and that's where we're going. And, and, you know, later in the, in our time today, I can maybe shed a little light on what that's going to look like, what it looks like today, and then talk a little bit about what it'll look like uh, down the road. Mm -hmm. But for beginners, so what, what kind of things can you solve and can you prove? Is it more the structure? Is it more the behavior part of the language? Yeah, really good question, Christian. So we, you know, there's really, it's, it's we can do a lot, right? But, but you got to start somewhere. And so when we started looking at SysML v2, we looked at a variety of different things and we tried a few different things. And, and where we found the best place to make progress was looking at the behavioral models of these SysML v2 models, things like uh, state machines. 
So we started with mathematically proving properties around state machines. One of them was proving that a state machine is deterministic, which means that once you're in a state, there's only one legal transition out of that state at any given time. You don't want to have ambiguous state transitions where it's unclear, am I going to go this way or go that way? And there's some other properties that are very similar to um, determinism, but a little bit different. One of them is reachability. Sometimes you want to prove that you can actually mm -hmm. reach every state in your state machine. And another is, is avoiding deadlock scenarios, these situations where you enter a state and you can't get out. And these are the types of formal proofs that we want to do and make it really easy for the uh, systems engineer to do these types of proofs. So as we started showing them to systems engineers and people working on system LB2, they had some ideas. And one was, hey, it'd be great if you could take a constraint in system LV2, which is a special case of a constraint is a requirement, and then formally verify that that constraint is always met. And so we started to work on that. And a couple of weeks ago, we released an article showing how to take simple constraints and prove them, and then how to take things that are a little bit more complex or maybe significantly more complex and prove that they always hold. But but we're looking for more ideas and more ways to add value in the design process. But th that's where we started. Is it the article on medium.com? It is. The article's on media.com under, under my name and Amandra. So you can look okay. under the Amandra account or under, under Jamie Smith and you'll find it. If not, happy to, to send an email to anybody and point it to the article. Yeah, sure. we can link it in the show notes. I that sounds great. <laughs> uh, And you said you, you also work with uh, large language models, so like uh, ChatGPT. It's another exciting <laughs> topic these days. Uh, uh, how to use ChatGPT in combination with uh, systems engineering in general or system LV2. Uh, for example, currently I work on a book, another book, uh, <laughs> together with uh, Doug Rosenberg and Brian Moberly and uh, Joshua Hausbert about AI-assisted MBSE, where we use an And the AI is a subject matter expert. Right? We can ask uh, the AI questions and uh, build a system together with the AI. And then the AI generates system LV2 code, mm -hmm. uh, which looks pretty good. But, well, AIs tend to hallucinate. So it's not <laughs> that probably not correct. So how do you deal with that in Imondra? What's, what's your case? You have uh, ChatGPT and you have this formal reasoning. So how does this fit together? Yeah, Thank, thanks for the question, Tim. Yeah, we, so we, we're really excited about large language models, but we appreciate the, where they're good and where they're not so good. And I think many of these hallucination issues and, and challenges people have with ChatGPT and other large language models You know, we've played with and worked with quite a few of them and, and then built systems that we're deploying with these things is people have tried to rely on the large language model to reason. And even synthesizing something like code, there's a level of, of risk in that process using a large language model. So what we have done is we have built uh, an approach where the large language model is, is used for what it is quite good at translating from natural language into another semantic of some kind, okay. whether it's, and so what we do is we build a reasoning skill in a mandra, which is really a specialized model 
then we used a large language model to interface with the reasoning skill. And then that reasoning skill does all the reasoning around whatever the use case is or whatever the challenge is that the chatbot is for, synthesizes an answer that's compliant and correct and safe, and then hands it back to the large language model to present it in natural language. Mm -hmm. Now, we've done all this a great deal with specifications around protocols, particularly in the financial industry, where we've taken a 300-page specification around a protocol that's used between banks and created a chat interface to that where people can ask questions about the protocol to ensure that their specialized message is compliant and understand what the individual parameters within the message are and what's legal and what's not legal. And it becomes a really nice productive tool. What we plan to do with SysML v2, and we're in process of doing this, is create a transpiler that would work behind the scenes based off of the JSON that gets generated within the API of SysMLv2, and then bring that over and create and use it with the reasoning skill and build a reasoning skill. So then you would have a chat interface to your SysMLv2 model where you could ask a variety of queries. You could ask, you know, show me all the parts. What are the list mm -hmm. of you know, requirements? Are those requirements connected to particular components? You know, what are the expressions in the system? You know, whatever types of questions people wanted to ask about the system. The next level would be reasoning about combinations of information within the system. And then the third step would be synthesizing SysML v2 through natural language. Like use a part definition to create a part usage where we change certain capabilities of that part and have that go through the reasoning skill and synthesize the part usage as an example, or create a constraint with these inputs and these, these, these outputs. Mm -hmm. And if there's a, if the query is, is nonsensical because those inputs and outputs don't exist in this model, that would be shared with the, the user. Hey, you're mm -hmm. asking for something that we can't define as opposed to what a large language model would do today. It would guess, right? Mm -hmm. It would come up with something that looked pretty good and you go, okay, great, I've completed my task. But in reality, it may just be text that is not, not usable. And so this is something that we've been working on for the bulk of this year. And it's based on our same back-end technology that we've been building for the better part of a decade. So it's not a completely new tech stack. It's mm -hmm. leveraging our, our current tech stack. And we've deployed it in production systems at banks and we're, we're planning to show this technology uh, early to mid next year based off of SysML v2 models and try to line up with some of the uh, releases of SysML v2, both from a standards point of view and from a tools point of view that, that many others are working on. Did, did I answer the question, Tim? Yeah, but I have more questions about it. It's quite interesting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... Uh, is, is this then, uh, yeah, it's, it's like a SysML v2 tool on its own, or is it uh, a, a plug-in to an existing SysML v2 tool? Yeah, it's a but, great, great question. You know, we, we're not we're not planning to be a model-based systems engineering design tool. 
You know, we mm -hmm. want to work with the design tools that systems engineers want to use. So if a, mm -hmm. if a system engineer has a, 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 a preference for a particular tool from a particular company, I'm sure you guys use a lot of different ones because you guys work with whatever your customers want to work with. We want to use the APIs and the interfaces within those oh. tools to be able to either be something completely in the background or maybe appear is something within that 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 uh, modeling tool itself. We we want to avoid people having to leave that environment, that workflow that they are used to and that they do every day to get access to these types of capabilities. So okay, cool. you can imagine a chat. So you're you're using model-based systems engineering, system LV2 designer tool from some company. Mm -hmm. And you can imagine having a chat bot that it might be a window that sits alongside, but you're really just interfacing with your tool. Yeah. And wouldn't it be cool if you could say, hey, add a constraint or create a new part and those things just start showing up in the graphical notation oh, of your model. Wouldn't that just be great? Mm -hmm. You're not quite there yet, <laughs> but that's I think that's where great. we want to go. And, and it would be really nice if we could, we could get there. Speaking okay. of cool. a chatbot, uh, for our live viewers, if you want to take part in this discussion, you can use the live chat on YouTube to ask questions of Jamie. So take your chance and write down, and yeah, the chatbot on YouTube will answer. It's without AI, it's just us. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie is the chatbot then. <laughs> That's right, I'm the voice bot. That's what I am. <laughs> Yeah, I have All one right. more question uh, to, about the chatbot. So um, mm -hmm. is th this chatbot also connected then with large language models like ChatGPT or all the other ones? So does it also have this general knowledge about different domains, which can be yes. useful? If I model something uh, at an engine there, and so usually if people add an engines, they also add this and that and so on. <laughs> yeah, so, so that's a great question. And I think that some of these issues are a bit nuanced, you know, so we can get into a deeper discussion if somebody has a specific use case. But what we tend to do is, is take one of these larger, large language models, and then we're pointing it at a library of queries that the reasoning skill can understand and can process. So, so we try to avoid uh, queries that have nothing to do with the system LV2 model are the protocol. Okay. So if somebody's mm -hmm. saying, show me all the parts, let's talk about ports and if they're connected or not and show me the constraints. And then they ask, you know, what year was uh, Queen Elizabeth II born? We're going to say that's an yeah. invalid query. You know, that's not part of this reasoning skill. And, mm -hmm. and that wouldn't be included in the response. So this is one of the ways that we can really control the type of information that's going in and coming out of the LLM and makes it a specialized chatbot interface, but there's absolutely no reason why your LLM couldn't be interfacing with multiple reasoning skills, right? Mm -hmm. So you could have the transmission reasoning skill and the engine reasoning skill and the chassis reasoning skill and the fuel right. efficiency reasoning skill mm -hmm. all there. And you don't really know when you're switching between reasoning skills under the hood, you're just focusing at that at that chat level. Um, yeah. so, th so that may open up more breadth 
of capability while still maintaining um, a level of discipline and correctness around these systems. Because if we're going to use LLMs to design and validate and communicate about our SysML V2 systems, it, it better be correct, right? It shouldn't be guessing mm -hmm. uh, what the answer is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Cool. Um, you said earlier that you're using the JSON format, which comes out mm -hmm. of, uh, or which is the communication format for, uh, between the APIs. Mm -hmm. um, my assumption would have been that you're using the textual notation, uh, but maybe I misunderstood you or the reason why you're using the JSON format. Oh man, that's a that's such a good question, Christian. <laughs> when we were doing when we're doing prototypes, and we still are doing prototypes, where we're taking the textual notation, and building a model in SysML B two, and then manually converting it to a modular modeling language. Mm -hmm. That's something that I've been personally doing a great deal of. We're learning how to map the semantics in a way that's useful and productive um, to, to solve some of these verification challenges. Now, as we're moving towards the transpiler, where you could take your model that you've built in whatever tool, either textual notation or maybe down the road, you're using some other tool. What we're, what we're looking at right now is hitting the JSON APR, the, hitting the API and getting the JSON. Right now we're using that uh, pound export function and just getting the whole JSON dump. And then we're synthesizing IML based off of the items within the JSON is how we're building the transpiler. So the transpiler will have two purposes. One, it will unlock all the automated reasoning for the SysML user. It'll also unlock the chatbot. So, but we had to start with the textual notation because it's 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 difficult to think about these things purely in the abstract, right? The textual mm -hmm. notation is is specific. You can dot design something that can be parsed, and then you can create a version of it that's more executable, and you can analyze mm -hmm. and be a little bit one for one. So we're doing both right now, but as we do all the automation behind the scenes. Currently, our, our plan is to leverage the API and the JSON representation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, sure. The advantage is that you have all the information, all the metadata flat presented uh, yeah. in the JSON object. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and there's people at Amandra that have built compilers and transpilers and are very experienced at that. That's not me. So <laughs> they're showing me what they're doing, and I'm like, oh, this looks great. So it's great, but man, it's 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 confusing that JSON and, and going through that that process. At least it can be, for sure. Okay, we got a question in the chat. Um, oh, excellent! Oh, yes. Right. Um, so um, Leonid wrote, "What's your opinion about using large language models to create models? Like, I want some system and iteratively interact with it to flesh it out." Yeah, we think that using a large language model without reasoning is dangerous and potentially highly risky. Our view is that with a reasoning skill that we can build in Amandra, you're able to control what gets synthesized based on rules and semantics and reasoning logic. 
and generate something that actually will work and be correct. And if mm -hmm. you make a request through natural language that isn't quite right or a little bit off, get a clear communication back that that's not that query was not understood. Your code could not be synthesized and not allow the LLM to guess. At a high level, what you're talking about, I think, is an extremely powerful concept. We just need to build the tools and technologies in a way that you get out something that's reliable and correct and not just close, right? Mm -hmm. We don't want it to be close to right. We want it to be right. Okay. One thing if I could, one comment I'd like to make that's come up a lot is, and it would be interesting to gauge your reaction to this. I have talked to a lot of people and I worked in engineering for a long, long time. And my observation is engineers spend somewhere between 10% of their time to 80% of their time explaining to other people what they've built or what their teams have built. <laughs> so the hypothesis that I have is large language models will offload a lot of that effort. Mm -hmm. So design team builds the model, like you said, Tim, they build the model, they build the constraints, they do it in their environment. And if the customer or the other stakeholder or the other systems engineer wants to understand the model, they could use a natural language interface to ask their questions as opposed to ask Christian or ask Tim their questions, which then consumes your time, it leads to a lot of inefficiency. Um, so I think that that's yeah. an efficiency gain that'll be pretty, pretty quick and immediate. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, Tim. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, we already covered a lot of stuff uh, yeah. and we will have a demo at the end. So that's really, uh, really exciting. But before we go to the demos, is there anything else what we miss, what you are working on? Yeah, the, the one thing I'll, I'll raise, you know, one thing I don't want anyone to feel like the potential for the chat interface or the verification goals is, is constrained or limited in any way. I think that can scale over time. And we're going mm -hmm. to show a demo that's a that's a pretty basic demo, but it was intended to give people an idea of what we're doing. But we're also looking into using formal semantics in SysML v2 and the ability to leverage formal semantics in Amadra to work on a converter from SysML v1 to SysML v2. And I know, Tim, you've done a lot of work in this space. You understand mm -hmm. the challenges better than I do, mm -hmm. sure. So we're, we're exploring and talking to end users about their SystemLV1 libraries and how they want to convert those to SystemLV2. We think that that's a pretty interesting topic as well. And we're going to continue to make progress on that. And it will quite almost certainly be a, a, an expansion or a variation of the transpiler that we're using. Mm -hmm. We'll go in and convert and then come back out and synthesize. This is now B2. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's well, that's quite interesting. We should talk about it uh, at the next OMG meeting. <laughs> yeah, for sure. In Austin, Texas. Yes, yes. in uh, two weeks. Mm -hmm. In two weeks. Man, that's two weeks. That's so exciting. Mm -hmm. So exciting. <laughs> okay, so I think we, well, let's start with a, with the demo uh, so that we. Mm -hmm. Uh, can see a bit what, what we discussed before. Um, so, Jamie, you share your screen and... Yeah, well, absolutely. So I'm going to share my stuff. 
my uh, Chrome window here. You guys see the Chrome window and just the Chrome window? Yes. Yes. Excellent. So let me go full screen with this here. Okay, so I'm going to go through and show a, a demonstration of a system that's been designed using the SysML v2 textual notation and then prove some properties of that system using Amandra. So the system is that of a traffic light. I know we have traffic lights all over the world. This is built around the United States traffic light, the green on, red on, green on, yellow on style traffic light. Uh, this particular traffic light model has a state machine that's represented here by the state diagram. It has 12 states. It has 18 transitions. And it has 45 attributes within the system. And so what we're going to show today is proving that this entire state machine is deterministic for every state, every transition, and for all 45 attributes and all the values of all 45 attributes. And some of them are continuous from negative infinity to positive infinity. And so this isn't a statistical proof. This is actually a mathematic proof. So what we'll get is, is a proof that's true, not part of the time, but, but all the time. And so we can mm -hmm. take a look first here at this SysML V2 textual notation. And this traffic light model has a little bit of everything, right? It's got in it, if I go to the top here, it's got ports, it's got calculations and constraints, it has interfaces, parts, connections. It also has the fundamental components of the state machine. And in the state machine, in SysMLv2, there are states, mm -hmm. transitions, and actions. The states invoke actions, and the transitions determine when it's time for a state machine to transition from one state to another. And we could spend a lot of time going through this, but I'm just going to show one of the transition usages within the um, within the SysML v2 textual notation. It's this transition red on to green on. So this mm -hmm. is the transition that determines when it's time to change the state machine from red on to green on. And that happens when four Boolean conditions are true. When we have had the red light on long enough, when there is a vehicle waiting at the red light to turn green, when we've received a safety message that all the lights that need to be red at the intersection are red, because we don't want to have conflicting green, green lights, and that there are no detected errors in the system. If all four of those Boolean uh, cases are true, then the state machine transitions from red on to green on. Mm -hmm. Now to prove properties of a state machine such as this one, we again have manually converted this SysML textual notation to IML, a Mondra modeling language, to prove that a case always holds and if I go over to this tab, we actually can see the converted model. And it has all the same concepts that are inside the SysML textual notation, the 
uh, actions have been converted to functions, as have the transition transitions. And we'll take a look at the same transition that we just looked at within the system LV2 notation. We'll look at the same one here. So this is the green on, or excuse me, red on to green on mm -hmm. transition. It takes as a parameter a variable that contains the state information, the system L state information. It also contains all 45 attributes within the system, regardless of what part owns that attribute or if it's sitting outside of a part in a package or maybe it's part of an action itself. And we look at the same exact conditions. Has the red light been red long enough? Is there a vehicle waiting at the light? Do we have the safety message that all the appropriate red lights are red before we turn this one green? And let's confirm that there have been no errors detected in the system. If that's all true, then we change from red on to green on. Mm -hmm. Now with a system like this, it's not that complex, right? It's it's 12 states, 18 transition usages, 45 attributes or variables, but there's still room for potential mistake. And when I first built that system, I had some mistakes around determinism. I've corrected those. And what I'm going to do today is actually just show the technique we use to prove that determinism holds. And then I'll explain what would happen if determinism did not hold. Mm -hmm. What we have in Amandra is a function called verify. And verify takes any Boolean expression and attempts to mathematically prove that for all variable values, that this Boolean expression always holds as true. If it does hold as true, it returns proved with a proof that can go through an external third-party proof checker if needed or be reviewed. If it's not verified or not proved, it returns a counterexample. In the case of the traffic light, it would return a SysML state where the lack of de determinism exists, as well as values for all 45 of those attributes when there is a lack of determinism which really speeds up the debugging process of the system and trying to root out the lack of determinism. For those of you that can actually see the screen, you can see the verify function calls a simple Boolean expression that has a function called check state transition functions equal to one or check state transition functions equal to zero. This check state transition functions looks at every transition usage, looks at every state and every value of every attribute and verifies that there is one legal transition or zero legal transitions. Because sometimes you stay in a state for a while, right? It takes a while for the conditions to be met to leave. So you can have zero, you can also have one. Uh, and this function proves for all those values or all those attributes, every value that it always holds is true. And you can see if I run it here, how quickly it returns. It takes a fraction of a oh. second for that proof to run. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's lightning fast, it's really fast. Uh, the I did something a bit more complex in my paper and you guys may, may look at that and that one takes a handful of seconds to run, but it doesn't mm -hmm. take minutes or hours like some of the 
things that have, uh, you know, people have seen in the past or heard about in the past. Uh, one thing to kind of demystify this verification goal, I want to show this helper function, check state transitions function. So if we go up, it's right above. All it has in it is it has all 18 transition usages. And we pass in the SysML state and all the attributes, which are contained in this SA variable. And we just check for these values of SysML state and variable values, did the state change? Yes or no? The answer is yes, we just increment an integer by one. So if there's zero valid transition usages, zero is returned. If there's one, you get back one. If there's two, you get back two and so on. And because of the verify function, we don't specify SA at all. We don't specify a value of an attribute. We don't specify which SysML state we're in. A mantra will look at that entire variable space simultaneously and perform the proof. Okay. Mm -hmm. Any clarifying questions on that? I, I don't know if it was clear or if I moved too quickly. It makes totally well, sense. Yep. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I'm going to stop stop sharing if I can remember how to do that. That's my, the most challenging part <laughs> of this podcast for me. There we go. And stop sharing. <laughs> but yeah, I think thank you guys for your attention and, and the time today. It was it was phenomenal to have the conversation. And I'm excited about seeing each other face to face again. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Thanks, Jimmy. That was quite impressive. Uh, was already possible there. And you mentioned that uh, you have a more extensive example in your paper, and that's the paper on Medium, right? that we, uh, and we, we put uh, the link in our, um, what's the name, show notes. Show notes, yeah. Perfect. Actually, yeah, there are two papers, the, right? Part one there are. Yeah. There's two. Okay. One, one talks a little bit about the determinism. Another one talks about constraints. And I'm working on a third one right now that goes, goes even deeper into related topics. So that one will be, I'm going to hopefully have that thing polished up nice and neat before the uh, OMG meeting. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Yeah, for our audio only users, it's totally worth to have a look on the YouTube video. So uh, consider watching the demo again. Uh, I think we will uh, try to mark it in the video that you find it quickly. And uh, yeah, then you will have an Deeper, deeper insights. It was both in Jupyter Notebook. I don't know if if if, if we said this, and ah. uh, it looked to me that it's the same machine, so it, it works smoothly together. So uh, was very very interesting. Thank you. Okay, so yeah, so let's come to an end. Um, although I can talk about this for for hours. <laughs> um, <laughs> Maybe it's time for another episode. Um, yeah, next episode. Um, well, it's not finally decided yet. Um, we uh, have the idea to talk about Demi. Uh, so not Demi Moore would also be interesting, but <laughs> off topic. <laughs> uh, it's about uh, Demi is the abbreviation for the Digital Engineering Model Interoperability. Uh, and that's um, a new topic that came up at the OMG, and there will be a special event at the next OMG meeting in Austin, which we will attend. 
So um, our idea is to talk a bit about, about that one. Maybe Christian and I were recording or mm -hmm. maybe we get some of the experts um, in front of our microphones. And well, if we do a live podcast, uh, then it will happen in the week starting December the 4th. And if we do a recording, and I assume this will be a recording, but uh, then we will publish it one or two weeks later. Um, right. Yeah, so that's that's the idea for, for the December podcast. And well, with that, um, finally, do not forget. It's your part. It's my part? <laughs> I, I, could, I could say trust you guys, your systems engineers, if you like. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you, you, you let, let's 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 uh, do the finish by. Oh no, we did that in the in the past. So we try to uh, bring in also the guests, but uh, the biggest problem is the latency, even in Zoom. <laughs> yes. Ah, yes. Now our listeners know also our technical problems. So if if you had any technical issue with this episode uh, this time, complaints, please to Elon at starlink.com. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. So, um, but now really trust us. We are systems engineers. Yes. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Bye-bye.